All right, Mild Sauce, live weekends. It's Sunday, a special Sunday edition of the Steve Wright Rock Discovery Show. We are back and we are live. So good to see you. Good to have you out on this beautiful Sunday afternoon in Chicago. How you doing, Jake? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're back here in the uh, control room. We've got a whole control situation set up. Yep, today, yep. So. Every, every week uh, provides uh, new challenges for us to overcome and rock out. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun if we didn't have to figure something out. So, mm-hmm. But we're back. We're back. Yep. So another weekend, another deep dive into the badass shit going in and around the city. So and uh, happy Fourth of July. You know, yeah, it's happy not a great time to, to celebrate everybody. America, but you know. <laughs> but here we are, another year, another fourth. Um, you know, it's been a beautiful weekend. I hope everybody's been uh, getting out and about and enjoying themselves. Did I know I have. Cookouts? Yep, absolutely. I was, uh, I was. You know, thinking back the other night, like, you know, the best thing about 4th of July is, like, the 4th of July leftovers. I've been eating, like, steaks and hot dogs, like, all weekend long. <laughs> That's super real, yeah. Day-old hot dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you see that thing about the hot dog water? No. There's, like, a guy in California was, like, selling people hot dog water with a hot dog in it, like an uncooked hot dog, and saying that it had health benefits. Weird. And he did it just to, like, troll <laughs> industry sorry that doesn't mean that. i appreciate that trolling though yeah <laughs> it's a great way to use your uh fourth of july leftovers yeah fuck it have some fun <laughs> some hot dog water if people are gullible enough to do it go yeah. for it i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but before we get into our um our standard operating procedure as we do on the weekends i had a couple announcements that i wanted to uh give shouts out to before we get into things um so this weekend um has been very busy, and I will be out at Reggie's tomorrow night to see the uh, Yab and Bellwitch show. That was a second show added because uh, tonight's show sold out so quickly. So, you know, if you're uh, if you're vibing on the metal stuff, um, there's definitely going to be a badass show tomorrow night that I'm going to be uh, rocking out to. And then additionally, so there's a great organization in Chicago called Pure Joy, and they are trying to collect money and get together an all-ages DIY space for um, local and touring underground punk bands that are coming through the city. So they're doing a fundraiser at Demos Pizza on July 12th, and it's going to be Choked Up, Melanin, Pledge Drive, and Mocha Jete, which we've talked about uh, fondly in past episodes, and they're going to be putting on a great fundraiser, and that's going to be July 12th at Demos Pizza. And then the next night, there's going to be a great show, which I'm also going to be going out to, and that is going to be Alice Bag at Chi-Town Football with Feruza Bruta, Primitive Teeth, Porno, Gro- Porno Glows, and anti Kierpo. Butchering, butchering the beautiful Spanish language again. That's my. Steve can't speak Spanish. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) But no, this is going to be another excellent show, and definitely, if you are out and about in the city, this is one to check out. Alice Bag is a punk rock legend, um, lead singer of the first Latin punk band, one of the first hundred punks in L.A. I mean, this is this is ground zero punk roots right here coming to chicago july 13th at chi town football it's gonna be a great night out again this is gonna be with feruza bruta and primitive teeth who we have also spoken about yeah, on previous bit. episodes and great bands all around so you'll be able to catch me there i will be out and about at that show and i hope to see everybody out for that now now that we've got some of that stuff out of the way 
we can get into our, our normal routines and um, moving into the next uh, annual uh, weekly segment on the show, we've got our beer of the week and thematically. So this week, as you kind of can kind of guess off of the uh, the top track that we heard, this is going to be a heavy show. This is going to be a show that I wanted to uh, do about a month ago. Um, this is going to be a review of the Slayer Farewell Tour that came to Chicago in uh, the beginning of June and of May, right around the cusp of the month. And that was a great show down on the south side in Tinley Park. Over 20,000 people in attendance. That was Testament, Lamb of God, Anthrax, Behemoth, and Slayer. So we'll be getting into a bunch of that as the episode kind of plays out. But kind of in the theme of that and we're getting out of the local beers but we are still keeping it micro brew and underground brews so this week's episode in honor of that show that we're going to be talking about today we're going to be drinking butternut beer and ale out of garrettsville new jersey and we're going to be rocking out to their anthrax war dance pale ale now jake kind of yeah, pointed out I personally feel like it's a it's a tough name yeah <laughs> Yeah, we were kind of having a discussion uh, before the episode that, you know, naming your beer Anthrax may not be the wisest thing. But, you know, as it says on the can, it's brewed by metalheads. So they're in the know. And um, this is pretty good. It's a milder um, pale ale. Um, if anybody caught our um, in-store appearance last week at Emporium, we were rocking out to the PBR IPA. APA. Or APA. Right. My bad. PBR APA, which was a nice, mild summer drinking session pale ale and i'd say this has a little bit more teeth than the uh the pbr but it's not you know this is in the realm of like a founders all day ipa it's a nice easy drinking um ipa it doesn't have um that crazy lagunitas level hop stupid you know what i mean like chewing your beer heavy level of hops it's a it's a 5.5 abv and like i said it's mild on the uh on the hops, so it's a nice summer drinker. This one will be uh, this one will be sliding back pretty easy throughout the uh, course of this episode. So, good stuff from Butternuts Beer and Ale out of Garrettsville, New Jersey. Good stuff and good band to be linking up with. So, um, that is that. That is the beer. Yeah, what do you think of it? I'm about to take my first sip. All right, right now. There's a it's a thick one. Yeah. There's a lot going on there a little bit. It's kind of soupy. It's a pale ale, so you yeah. know you're getting that you're getting that level of um, level of hop bitterness. But yeah. like I said, you know it's it's not, not much. it's not the heaviest hop beer I've ever had. You know it's it's. <laughs> Steve's been around the block. A few Goose times. Island puts out some heavy ones. Lagunitas in town puts out some real heavy ones. You know, um, I think if you're a hop fan, you know where to go to get some. But this is a nice little uh, nice little change of pace. So I'm leading into our next um, kind of annual segment. The annual segment. The annual. The annual. <laughs> the traditions. Traditions. Um, so getting into the shirt. So again, because this is the thematic for the week, I am wearing my Slayer VIP limited edition shirt from, I believe it was the 2015 tour. Um, this was... Uh, a shirt that I had uh, inadvertently, let's say, picked up. I wanted to go see that show in 2015. Show sold out, but I was already in the sales window at Ticketmaster. But I was in the <laughs> VIP window, so I was like, "Well, all right, I want to go see the show. I'll pay the money." And so you did the VIP. I did the VIP. Um, it came with 
this great shirt. Like I said, it's a little aggro. Um, so I don't wear this one a lot, but you know, it's, it's a good shirt. Came with an autographed poster from the, uh, the band. Um, came with a ridiculous Slayer snow globe that I'd thought about bringing. The Slayer in. snow globe. You yeah. told me about that. <laughs> it's got uh, red specks on the inside, uh, of course. Why do they think they needed to do a snow globe? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's really ostentatious, and it sits on my uh, bookshelf. And <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> now that I have it, I display it. But it's certainly something that I didn't expect. Um, and it's a little bit of a wild thing, but no, very good stuff all around. Um, came with, uh, I think a, a bag, a poster, the shirt, the snow globe, good stuff. You know what I mean? Um, VIP access to the upstairs. This was at the Vic theater. Um, oh, I was believe the they had, no, 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 my bad. It was at the Riviera. Oh, okay. Right, right. Riviera. Well, very easy to get confused. Mm -hmm. Where, uh, where did they have you sitting for VIP? Were you like in one of the boxes and stuff on the side? Or? Yeah, they had the, um, upstairs opened up for the VIP and then they had, um, you know, the bathrooms, the, the bartenders. Mm. So, you know, a little less chaos downstairs. So Riviera can get a little, yeah, get a little nuts. Yeah. The Riviera, I've found that they're not shy about overselling and the, <laughs> the downstairs can get pretty obscene in terms of the, uh, the right. packed in crowds. And they just have that massive bar at the back up there. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that place is so weird. I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and that bar, good luck getting anywhere, you know, inside there to drink. I usually like go out into like the, the, you know the lobby area to get oh, my yeah. beers. It's it's yeah. quicker and yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah. Mine's always the uh, the second floor back right. Mm -hmm. was, yeah. <laughs> Every time there's like a Red Bull thing or there or something like that, I was like pop pop pop. There's always like no one no one ever makes it that far. I think. Yeah, you know that's the fun thing I think about like you know being in the city and being at these these same venues you know a million times over. It's like you learn like all right. The, the suburbanites, they're not going to, like, at the metro, like, go upstairs and then kick all the way around to, like, stage right. Right. And then yeah, you can yeah. kind of sneak in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's a few areas. And then the same thing, well, I was just at a show um, last week at the Bottom Lounge. And the same thing. It's like, if you go around the bar and then go, like, stage left, you can get, like, right up in front without, yeah. like, any crowds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. I was trying to think of a few off the top of my head. Um, Talia Hall is the same way. If you go, like, stage left, like, because the bar is all on the back right. Yeah. You know, if you kind of, like, shimmy up the wall stage left, you can get, like, right in front at Talia. <laughs> yeah, definitely, like, I think even subconsciously, I, like, have spots that I'll just go to at certain venues, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'll just love find myself back in the same spot. Like, at the Metro, especially, like, covering shows a lot, or, like, writing about them, so like, I don't feel like I always have to be in the middle of shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, I'll, like, those little rise, they have, like, a little rise yeah. at the back of the Metro on the first floor. Yeah, like, the like, stage left riser is a, is a go-to for me. Yeah, because like you can stand here a few inches above everybody. You can mm -hmm. see everything. You're chilling. Like, that's decent. But that VIP area at the Metro sometimes is pretty clutch for, like, I remember I was at a Lil Uzi Vert show there. And I was, again, covering it for a magazine. It was just the craziest shit you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and so it was like, I did not want to be down on the crowd. <laughs> right. It's like saying my blessings to be up there. But, yeah, no, I mean. Every venue, like Lincoln Hall is great because that's like the only venue you can like get really good food and see the show. So like if you're smart, you get the food and you set up on the balcony upstairs. <laughs> and then it's like the only place, only venue I think in Chicago. I, don't quote me on that. I mean Reggie's, but Reggie's isn't the same. Um, yeah, Reggie's I've noticed too, like if you go stage right. Well, that's, a, I mean, Reggie's is a place you got to know your nook. Yeah. Because like there's stair people. Some people are stair people and they only go to those stairs on the side. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like. Other people are completely opposite, and uh, like there's, there's. I don't know if you ever noticed, but if you go upstairs at Reggie's, the second floor, yeah, 
uh, they have those big lounge chairs. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I've, so if I've you're really sat smart, up there for a couple of shows, dude. If you're smart, like if you're a veteran and you've been going to Reggie's for a minute, you go sit in those like lounge chairs up there and watch the show, have a cocktail. There's no better way to watch a show. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that place is great. Uh, but yeah, like Lincoln Hall, man, it's like the only place I think you can get like a really good meal and see a good show. Yeah. They have a great kitchen and a great venue, so it's like, yeah, I, it's like my thing now at this at my age. Like, can I get a cheap beer, a good food, and watch the show? Oh <laughs> man, I'm definitely there. Yeah, I mean, if you time things right, Talia Hall, you can get downstairs into that, uh, into the restaurant and bar. But I'm and talking stuff. at Lincoln Hall. You can actually eat in your food in the venue in the venue while you're watching <laughs> the show. That's next level. The only other time, <laughs> the only other time I've had good food at a venue similar to that was at City Winery. Yeah, you yeah. Know, they they've got the restaurant there, but that that's, you know, if you if you're going for some easy listening or some stand up comedy, that's a that's a good venue. Otherwise, that's a that's a weird spot to see a show. Yeah, I saw Aaron Kane there a few years back, and it was just like it's all seated, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just like you're not used. And to it's everyone. not like rows; it's like that weird like rays off I the stage like with the tables. Bit. Like they also <laughs> kind of has that old like banquet singer feel, you know, like old like mm-hmm. Lenny Bruce comedy in the Catskills or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we can get back to the rock. Yeah, yeah, back to the rock. So let's get into it. So coming off of this shirt. So I wanted to play a little bit, you know, uh, and we'll get into it once we get a little bit into the feature. But, you know, Slayer played a lot of songs. I think they played at least one song off of every one of their albums. And whereas that was cool to get a bit of a retrospective of the band's career, you know, obviously we all have our own tastes and you know yeah some some of the albums i think could have been left off of the list in favor of giving some more some more of the deep cuts and the good songs so um since they didn't cover this i'm gonna play um the track called scrum from slayer and that's off of uh diabolus and musica and again this is a little bit of playing off as you'll recall about a month or two ago i was in my uh my alumni rugby game for the UIC old boys. So this is a song about rugby from Slayer. Sorry about that, guys. We just had a small technical glitch. The internet is not perfect, and neither (laughs) are we. So we apologize for that. Uh, But we are back in Rowan. All good. So yeah, like I was saying, you know, because I I have a love for rugby and used to play, and I have a love for Slayer, and Slayer made a rugby song, we're going to fucking play it. All right, let's check this out, man. Let's do it. This is Scrum by Slayer.
saw us live weekends and we're back. So we're jamming out to a little bit of a deep cut from Slayer, a track called Scrum off of Diabolus and Musica. And then the last track we heard, you know, because I always try and, you know, give shout outs and give love to the local bands, you know. We opened the set with Oozing Wound, and then the last track we just heard was um, When the Ice Giant Slayed All by Lair the Minotaur off of War Metal Battle Master. Those are like the three greatest uh, <laughs> three greatest lines ever, right? <laughs> the, we're never lack of good titles here on the Steve Bright Show. No, no. I try and bring all the good stuff to everybody on the weekends. But no, this leads us into, like I said, the feature of this week's episode. And um, this is a show that I've, bought, I've wanted to talk about for the last month because it was so fucking good. So we're going to get into it. This was uh, This will be a review of the Slayer Farewell Tour stop that played in Chicago um, down in Tinley Park at what are they calling it this week the yeah, <laughs> Tweeter Center, uh, Center World Music Theater uh, <laughs> Guaranteed Rate Field I, I don't know yeah the big outdoor amphitheater that has the uh, the not ideal lawn seats down in Tinley Park and because they don't have ideal lawn seats, I went and got myself pavilion seats. Um, but no, this is a great show. It was uh, over 20,000 people showed up at that show. That was a crowded show. It was a great show. Slayer came, and they set up an excellent night um, with the lineup that they had brought. Um, I had actually seen all the bands on the set list except for Behemoth. So that was a real treat for me. Um, it was something that I was really looking forward to, so... Um, we'll get into them in a little bit, but you know, the set, the evening opened up with Testament, then it went to Behemoth, then it went to Anthrax, then Lamb of God, and then finally Slayer. So Testament, you know, they've been around since late eighties, I believe, um, 86 was their first record. So they're right in the pocket of, you know, right when thrash metal was really kind of in its prime and kind of had established itself throughout the early 80s with the early Metallica releases, the early Slayer releases. Then you had a bit of the crossover with bands like DRI and Stormtroopers of Death. And then, you know, like I said, by the late 80s, the uh, the genre had kind of solidified and you get bands like Testament that came out that really were taking Testament and, and let's say like Pantera. You know, those were bands that were really taking what what the early thrash bands had kind of formed and really honed it down and you know that i think they're definitely one of those bands that they're a journeyman metal band i've seen them tons of times over the years and they always put on a solid show you know um they understand what the fans want to hear you know their their kind of peak was in that that late 80s 90s um era and they give it back to the fans, which I appreciated. They put on, uh, I think they played like six or seven songs, most of them from that era, and really solid and tight. So I very much enjoyed uh, Testament, and they're one of those bands that Slayer digs, and they bring them out as an opener a lot. I've seen, I think I've seen Testament more opening for Slayer than headlining themselves oh, or really? playing in other festivals, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, there's Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and you know, I it's it's interesting if you look at bands over the years, and I'm sure it's the same way in like the hip hop community. But you know, if you think back back in the day, you know the um, like bands like 
Depeche Mode, who, you, you know, they're a pretty big band back in the day. Mm-hmm. They would bring out, like, this band called Nitzareb, which was an English industrial band. And, you know, deep, deep in that industrial scene, but, you know, they were the consistent opener for Depeche Mode for years. And you think back to Chicago in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, right when Disturbed, um, if you recall them, yeah. you know, once they kind of blew up and got big, they would always bring around this other, you know, great local band called From Zero. And, you know, they were kind of the eternal openers for Disturbed for a long period of time until they'd kind of broken out and got a major label deal themselves. I mean, that's a tough spot, especially, I think, uh, more so in the rock space, you know, like to keep energy in a crowd that unknown band. I mean, it might be easier, like, you know, not the, the little record would be big or anything like that, but I think it's a little bit easier to get a crowd going if you, you know, have certain theatrics at your fingertips right mm-hmm. hit a certain song you can do this you do that but i think in a rock situation i do feel like you have to really if you're a good opener that's like a thing i think i was talking to alex white about that recently uh from white mystery and she was saying like you know they made a lot of money over the years and just like got a lot of gigs just because it was like you know they're just good at opening mm-hmm. keep the energy up you know they don't need to like steal the thunder from anybody and yeah you know, i think it takes that. a special mindset to be you know in that space and it's like you know you're the opener you have a role to play and you know you're not the headliner but your job is to get that crowd amped up yeah. and i've seen i've seen great openers i've seen i've seen openers who thought they should be the headliners and yeah. the, the performance <laughs> came off that way and yeah <laughs> i mean i'll say that the worst opener i ever saw was Chance, actually. Really? And Who do you open for? Uh, it was, this was 2013, I think, right after Acid Rap came out. Mm-hmm. Or right before, maybe. It was like right around that time, uh, mm-hmm. that spring. And Rocky Fresh uh, was like the big rapper from Chicago. He had just signed to uh, Maybach Music, with Rick Ross and all that. And like, okay, you know, yeah. He had all these great mixtapes, and he was the buzzing guy. And uh, he had a show that day, and Chance came out and opened for him. And it was at Bottom Lounge, ironically enough. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget, because Chance came out, you know, the story is much longer, I'll keep it short. He came out, basically, it was the first time he'd done, like, the whole uh, Chance steps, you know, like, the big steps, and then, like, the mic drop, and yeah. like, pick back up, and, like, it was the first time he did a uh, good-ass intro off, like, the coming acid So drive. his choreography was really It was the first really time he kind of put it all together like that, mm-hmm. and then I literally watched the whole crowd leave after he was done. Oh, Rocky Fresh did not have that same energy. Like his energy's way below what Chance's was, so it was like nobody stuck mm-hmm. around to see a guy kind of like go back and forth across the crowd and rap. Yeah, and I never forget that. That was like you know nothing against Chance; he's a great artist, but it was just like he was kind of killed. Opening spot was too hard. <laughs> you know, to that point, I think it was last spring at South by. I was at a uh, Chicago hip hop showcase, and Quaku Collins kind of did the same thing. Where he came on, that, yeah. he came on with an early afternoon set and really kind of owned that space, and everybody after them was just everybody after him was just like, mm, mm, but Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I can feel it. That's kind of what South by's there for too, you know, it's like you got to go, you got to go show up some people at South by a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to put your foot down and, and show you deserve to be there, and, <laughs> and he definitely did it. Out with a new song too. Not that we're mm-hmm. different show, but uh, shout out Quake and the Closed Sessions family. Something yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, I think uh, he's gonna be playing in Chicago pretty soon. I, I think I saw last yesterday. Oh, was it yesterday? Yeah, okay. The, uh, uh, Dark Matter Coffee had a. Uh, there you go. I remember seeing something on my yeah. uh, my events. 
calendar. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, let's get back to the rock. Let's so into the Slayer. Let's dive into some Testament. So, like I was saying, you know, Testament is a real good band that knows how to open for an exciting show, and I think they also know what to present musically to their fans and the fans that are not necessarily there to see them. So the track we're going to be listening to is called Into the Pit off of their second album called Off um, um, Off uh, the New World. And um, this is this is, I think, late 80s thrash in its prime. Let's check it out. Let's do it. This is Mild Sauce Radio. You listen to the Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show. So you can kind of tell a little bit in the production values, but I would say that you know structurally that is that is a, a just pure thrash metal. Yeah, song. yeah, like it's kind of that'd be like dictionary definition, I think. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think uh, you know 
kind of coming from that, we move into the uh, the next band. And if you want to uh, advance our audio visuals, this is uh, oh my fault. This the is visuals. No, no, all good. Got a lot going on back here. There we go. Oh, it's the best visual. There we go. You know, I figured you'd appreciate this. Now, this is something that um, that I I definitely did not expect, but. Um, our next band, Behemoth, they are from Poland and Chicago, being a very large Polish mecca, yeah. brought the uh, brought the poles down to the south side, and there was a lot of Poland flags waving Lit. when this band was playing. You know, I'd started a Polish club when I was in high school. Oh, really? Just as like one of the like something to throw on my resume, you know, for college. Mm-hmm. And I think I had like two meetings, so it wasn't like a thing. But because of that, somebody bought a Polish flag and would bring it to every game I played. So football, basketball, whatever, I'd have like a Polish. You'd see like orange and black flags from my high school. And then yeah. just a single and then red one and red, white. Red, white. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. I don't That's know. That's awesome. It made no sense. But no, these guys, um, this was the one band on the bill that I had not seen before. So I was really excited to get there and make sure I did not miss this set. And... Um, True to form, they were. They put the show on. It was really good. So unlike uh, Testament, Behemoth is um, Polish. Mm, more that theatrical, um, Eastern, Northern European, so like in the black metal vein. Okay. Um, so they were. They were definitely a you know theatrical band um to say the like, least like do they have like big sets like they had they a like la- it was an elaborate set you know it was the pyrotechnics they're they're one of those bands that paints the faces okay so you know they really kind of came out <laughs> yeah wearing socks and sandals and shit <laughs> <laughs> but no they brought it and they brought it um, they brought the speed and the energy of, um, of the evening that was indicative of the evening. Like I said, it, it wasn't too far off base from, uh, Testament or the other bands, but it's definitely in that new style. That's so, cool. So would you say they're like a, they're a newer band that's coming up out of Poland? Um, they've been around, I want to say at least like 15 years. Oh shit. Okay. They're, but they're, they're a 21st century band. Yeah, I yeah. think they really made their bones in the 21st century. Whereas, I think a lot of the other bands on this set list are, are more 80s, 90s in their heyday. Got it. But um, this band was really good, really tight. Um, and it was interesting to see a band that structures songs very theatrically and how that comes across in a live performance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, How does a band keep a crowd in the ebbs and flows of a more grandiose kind of spectacle let's say yeah yeah. and i think they did a very good job and again you know did the role of opener very well they were entertaining they were engaging um they were tight in what they did they played a variety throughout their uh their career and um we can get into their song and this is a behemoth and this is uh of fire and the void off of their album evangelon which was uh, a pretty big release for them all right let's check this out the behemoth, the Polish band.
weekends, we've been jamming out to Behemoth um, as part of that Slayer farewell tour that we've been talking about this last hour. So, like I said, nice juxtaposition in terms of stylistics, but still in that heavy, aggressive vein of that evening. So, very good addition to the set list. I appreciated seeing them. That was a good, uh, definitely a good stuff. So... Getting back to the next song, you know, this is uh, this will be the namesake of the beer we're jamming out to this afternoon. Bless you. Excuse me. Anthrax. You know? Yep. So <laughs> anthrax, you know, this one, uh, this one held a special place in my heart. Actually, I've seen I've seen Slayer more. But thinking back in time, I saw anthrax. For the first time before I saw Slayer for the first time when I was in high school. So it was very good seeing them again. I've seen them, like I said, not as many times as Slayer, but at least four times over the last several years. And seen again, quite a bit. Hmm? I've seen them quite a bit. Yeah, I've seen them a bunch. like more than you see some cousins. Yes, <laughs> it's certainly, especially this year. Yeah, um, but no, they were great. Um, and again, this is you know, a case study in how to be a great opening band. Um, Becoming a theme. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and obviously this is why these guys were on, you know, the bill for the evening. But Anthrax came out and, you know, this is one of those bands that has had, what, three, three lead singers at least over the course of the years. And, you know, with the change of singers brings a change of sound, a, a change of stylistics. And... Um, this tour, they were touring with uh, Joey Belladonna, which was their their big singer in like the mid '80s to early '90s. Um, I think the the influence of Seattle and the grunge sound really kind of steered the band, in my opinion, into an odd musical direction for several years. They got rid of Joey. They got John Bush, who was the uh, lead singer of Armored Saint. When was this all going on? Because like I'll. Not to be the ignorant mm -hmm. rock person in the room, yeah. but uh, like Anthrax for me, and I'm, I'm sure this also, you know, my, my role is to speak for all the, the ignorant yeah. rock fans in the world. <laughs> but uh, for me, like Anthrax, came, you know, I knew it was a band and stuff for years, but they really like the 9-11 shit really did a lot for them and also didn't at the same time. Like, yeah, because I was like how I because everyone wanted to talk to them after that for some reason, like the stupid. <laughs> It was like the MTV "Where Is Ja Rule" right now is the towers are falling down. It's like everyone started talking to Anthrax and like, mm -hmm. and that's when they became like culturally in my realm. Like I already knew the music and I had heard, you know, I heard them yeah. as a band, but all of a sudden, like you know, there was another band and I didn't even know what Anthrax was, and all of a sudden it was like so taboo and like this like terrorist thing, and then it was the name of their band. I just felt like it was weren't they like getting just beat apart by Republicans and stuff? Like you know, it's funny there are. There are more than a couple of bands that I really enjoy that have been uh, um, ruined to a degree because of geopol geopolitical forces. Yeah. Let's say, you know, just I, kn I know exactly what you're talking about. Like after 9-11, you know, anthrax. Oh, shit. You know, it's all scary. And the terrorists. It's and like everything. Marilyn Manson and Columbine. Yeah. Right? Like Marilyn Manson and Columbine. And then. Um, I swear I'm a, I've got to be on a uh, FBI watch list because I'm a fan of the band called ISIS. Oh yeah, you're telling me. That. <laughs> <laughs> which, which broke up like before like ISIS, like, you know, the Islamic State, you know, yeah. terrorists. I mean, I don't like, know if you're steam, but it's like, shit, man. I'll I'll YouTube like ISIS 
the band videos and every time I'm typing it, I'm going, oh, FBI, <laughs> they know it. <laughs> they know me. <laughs> well, I always thought it was funny, like on Archer, I don't know if you watch that show. The mm-hmm. Archer. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's Their whole thing is called ISIS and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> fuck ISIS. Yeah, fuck ISIS for ruining our good time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so Anthrax came out. They knew what the crowd wanted. And, you know, to your point, and, and kind of dipping back into a little bit of, you know, that pre-9-11, the second time I saw Anthrax was at the Aragon, and it was Anthrax, Primus, and Public Enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Your typical lineup, right? So, you know, uh, and, and then um, a deep cut, the, uh, I believe the opening band was uh, the Young Black Teenagers. With, the, with their big hit at the time, what was it? Uh, crack the bottle and twist the cap. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? All right. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to be jamming out to the classic Anthrax track, Indians, which is the uh, the namesake of this war dance pale ale that we're fucking jamming out to today. So I think it all, it all kind of comes back together. It's, yeah, it's all synergistic right now, man. Mm-hmm. We're getting it at the Steve Bright Rock Discovery <laughs> Show. It's Mild Sauce Radio, and we're about to jump into Indians by Anthrax. Let's do it.
Silent Sauce Live Sundays, and we're back, and we were just jamming out to Lamb of God. That was a track called Ruin off of As uh, As the Palace Burns. And then before that, we heard the classic Anthrax Indians off of Among the Living. So, you know, like I said, um, Anthrax was great. Um, they played, I think, like seven songs, the majority of which was off of that album, Among the Living. So, I mean, that's that's their huge... That's their big breakthrough record, um, and then they did um, a little bit off of Persistence of Time. I think they did a little bit off of Spreading the Disease, but they knew what the crowd was there for. They knew what the fans wanted to hear, and, and they delivered in spades. Was this also one of the shows that you uh, were uh, like one of the younger people at? Um, you know, it what was the last show you talked about with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, I am in the habit of seeing bands, you know, I've gotten to a point in my life where I've, I've blown it on a few shows and some of the big ones that stand out for me that like, you know, I was like, oh, and I've done this so many times over the course of my life. I'm uh, like, like, there's so many shows I regret. Yeah. Like, well, that's a given. I mean, to, you know. know about enough shows, you're going <laughs> to regret them eventually, right? <laughs> I mean, I think back and, and I may have told this story before, but like, I get a call from my buddy, Jeff. And he was a pizza delivery guy back when we were in high school growing up on the south side. And then he calls me up and he's like, hey, man, you want to go to the Metro tonight? Um, Nirvana is playing. And we were we were fans of Nirvana like before Nevermind came out, when Bleach came out. You know, we were into that whole sub pop, yeah. you know, uh, Mud Honey and, and Screaming Trees and, and, you know, that whole Seattle sound kind of a little bit before it blew up. And he calls me up. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, Nirvana's playing the Metro tonight. You know, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I want to go. Um, I don't have a car. You know, he's like, I got a car, but I got to work till 1030. And, you know, we debated and we're like, well, all right. So you pick me up at like 1045 or so. We get to the Metro. We'll be there by like 11. Actually, you know, 11, 1130 latest. How much of this show is actually going to still be going on? Eh, we'll catch it next time. And that turned out to be the, uh, the show where it was, uh, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> <laughs> at the Metro. Oh, man. <laughs> so I blew that. Um, I think mine that I always think of is I was working for the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, it was when the Congress was still open. It was like 2012, 2013. Yeah. I want to say the actual date was like December 19th, 2012. Like, I think I remember the actual date it happened. <laughs> or it was like – and it was like uh, – it was – Kendrick Lamar was performing at the at the Congress, and he was like, "This is like mixtape Kendrick, you know." Uh -huh. Same thing with like how you just explained uh, Nirvana it was like yeah. the same way with Kendrick. Like, I was my favorite rapper. I was like, loved every mixtape. I was like, "Damn, I got to do it." I'm hitting, I'm emailing the Sun Times at like every ten minutes. Like, yo, trust me, this guy's gonna be a huge deal. This is like pretty good kid, Mad City, mm -hmm. you know. Like, it's, I'm like, he's gonna be a really big deal. We really should go and cover the show. Like, and I'm like blowing them up. They never like, sent me. They didn't like green light the show. So I missed it. It was November 23rd, 2012. That was the date. <laughs> uh, and uh, I admit, I missed that show. And like he released the album, I want to say midnight of that show. Or like that was the last show he did before he did. So it was like the last time you caught pretty yeah, good the, kids. The oh my God, I'm still so salty about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saying it now, I'm getting mad. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like other ones for me, um, James Brown played the uh, House of Blues. And I was like, man, that guy comes by like every six months. I'll catch him in the next show. And I was, he died like Damn. right after. Damn. And then the same thing with Johnny Cash. 
He played the House of Blues like a month before he died. So if you're old and doing music, don't go to the House of Blues. Right? Yeah, you're doomed. <laughs> but, you know, more to the point where, like, you know, I will go see, you know, bands before they uh, <laughs> before they call it quits. And, um, you know, the, the worst, I think, in terms of, like, age disparity was uh, Black Sabbath. That was... That was, that was a bad one. Um, I was, I was, there wasn't, that was a weird one. That was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of old bikers at that show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rush was another one. It was, a, it was a bunch of old, old fogies and I was a young kid at that one. But no, this one, um, this one was right in kind of my, my peer group. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah, yeah. I guess Slayer. You know. Slayer. Yeah, I'd say like mid forties to early thirties crowd. Um, but you know, it was a it was a great set, and um, you know, all good, and and kind of like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Mars in the building. Mars is in the house, getting ready for the next show. But yeah, um, it was a really good set, and um, and and swinging back to what we were talking about. You know, Anthrax was great. They fucking performed awesome. Lamb of God, I've seen them a few times, and this was the tightest that I've seen them. And they're a band that is known for, you know, stop on the dime changes and very, very cohesive um, kind of, you know, choreography with the music. It's, it's very timed tightly. It's a very crisp set. And um, the, the, the show that they put on at this set was amazing it was the tightest it was the quickest it was the most on point i've ever seen them and they were a band that that i was really into you know in the early 2000s late 90s and over the course of their career i think they've loosened musically and, and gotten a little bit more flowy rather than the very tight crispness mm -hmm. that we heard on that track that they were playing and it was good to see you know that that stop on a dime just just tight performance they were really fucking good and um you know that leads us into the headline so slayer was fucking great um they put on like i said early at the uh, the top of the episode they played at least one track off of every album that they've ever released that's crazy how many albums do they have out um shit uh, between 15 and 17 18 i mean they that's that's a lot of music to play yeah, it, it was uh, it was a robust performance um, on, you know, the the classic albums, you know, Hell Awaits, Rain and Blood. They played like three or four tracks off of those. But uh -huh. like I said, they they really kind of gave a retrospective of their careers. And it That's was cool. It was very cool. It's kind of what you want to see from mm -hmm. a band like that at that point. And as always, you know, they're one of those journeyman bands where, um, you know, they will they will give the crowd what they want to hear. They, they don't fucking slack. They come out, they perform, they put their heart into it. And um, the track we're going to hear was a, uh, it was a track that I really wanted to hear them play, but they didn't fucking play it. So um, here we go. So, so here we go. So, and oddly enough, so this album was released on 9-11. Damn. So it, it, the, the track we're going to hear, I thought. A lot amount of references to 9-11 for this episode. I know, a lot of weird references back then. <laughs> But um, this is a track that I thought was eerily, um, you know, it was foretelling, I suppose. So we're going to listen to the track Payback. And like I said, listening into this song in the context of hearing it right after the towers fell, I mean, it, it had an added prescience to it. Damn. Maybe, maybe Slayer knew something we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's uh, let's jam out some Slayer. All right, we got play Payback by Slayer on Mild Sauce Radio. This is the Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show. <laughs> Live weekends. We're just jamming out to fucking classic Slayer payback off of God Hates Us All from uh, 20, uh, 2001. Crazy. Intense, yeah. Crazy fucking song. And like I said, man, I had gotten an advanced copy of that album um, a couple weeks before 9-11. But like I said, like that fucking rec- that track was released like the day the fucking towers fell. And, and just listening to the, the lyrics of that song, I felt was... Uh, it, it's definitely stuck in my mind, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely a prophetic, yeah, that's prophetic cool. song. <laughs> Very fucking weird, yeah. But no, like, wrapping it up, all fucking good. It was really cool to see them one last time. And, you know, it was one of those things where it, it's it's been 
in the metal heavy music world for so long, like it occurred to me as I was like going to take a leak and, you know, running out from, uh, from my pavilion seats out to the bathroom and, and, you know, going to the bathroom. And as you're like running out there, you're just hearing like the random, like shouts of Slayer in the crowd. <laughs> and you know, that's just something you're not going to hear again. You're not going to be able to experience again. So it was cool to check it out one last time before they wrapped it up. And it was good to see them wrap it up before they got, um, you know, too uh, long in the tooth. A lot of bands don't know when to, uh, to, you know, mosey off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's I think real. they did a good job with it. But, you know, wrapping things up, I wanted to reiterate. So July 12th, um, Demos Pizza. There's the Pure Joy Fundraiser with Choked Up, Melanin, Pledge Drive, and Mocha Jete. That's going to be a great show. I'm definitely going to try and uh, make that one, but it's been a uh, heavy month on concerts. So yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the the show I'm going to tomorrow night is the fourth one, Miss Paycheck. So my, uh, my this bank paycheck. account is like <laughs> looking at me with fucking... Uh, you got to start getting those daggers. press passes, bro. Yeah, exactly. You got to work something up. But then additionally, the next night, July 13th at Chi-Town Football, we've got Alice Bag with Feruza Bruta, Primitive Teeth, and much more. That's going to be a great show. Be sure to check that out. That, I feel like, is going to be, um, you know, just just really good for that, the, the fucking punk history, just not even in Chicago, but just, just American punk roots. That's what's going to be going on July 13th at Chi-Town Football. So make sure you check that out. That's going to be fucking awesome. As always, shout-outs to the backcourt. Shout-outs to Mars, Police State. All the fucking badass mild sauce fucking content that comes up on the weekends, man. Check that <laughs> shit out. We're going to be here. You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Collarbone666. I post all my uh, show photos and uh, everything like that. So you'll be able to get some sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. Yep. We're going to be talking about a lot of live shows in the city. I've been seeing a lot of shows this month. So we're going to be chatting about all of it in the coming, uh, upcoming episodes. And then uh, what else we got, Jake? Uh, you can keep an eye out for these episodes going live on Instagram TV very soon. Uh, new way to watch on top of watching on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, anywhere else you guys are uh, trying to get your, your fix in for new, new content from Mild Sauce. Other than that, we got some events coming up soon, all under wraps for the moment. Uh, but we got Mars coming on here next. And then later this week, we got the Stay Low podcast with a very special guest. So we're looking forward to that as well. Excellent. So be sure to check out what's going on on Mild Sauce. You know, it's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. It's popping. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go out with a Chicago band that um, they have broken up a few years ago. They are no longer in existence. So if you had the opportunity to check them out, it was a spectacle. They're a band called He Who Corrupts. Um, if you have seen them, their whole shtick, and it's funny, you know, I think about it now, and it's, it's he who corrupts, one word. They were, like, ahead of the hashtag game, like, years <laughs> before social media. <laughs> they had their shit down, and they didn't even know it. But their whole shtick was they'd come out in, like, suits, three-piece suits, and uh, have, uh, um, like, office paperwork. And they'd come out and, like, throw office paperwork at the crowd and be very, like, office space, like, lumber. You know? <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> but by the end of every set, they were all naked. So, like, over the course of the set, they'd, like, shed the suits, and, and it was a complete spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> I think every once in a while, they will do the the rare reunion performance. I believe the last one was at Reggie's. Get the suits back out. Yeah, exactly. Pull the suits back out, only to take the <laughs> knock off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely, 
if you see they're uh, they're going to be playing a show, something absolutely worth checking out. They were a Chicago gem for several years. Um, I started seeing them in the early 2000s. I believe their last show was around 2011, so it's been a minute since they played. But, you know, it's always good to bring back that Chicago DIY roots. 100%. So we're going to be checking out She's a Fire Engine from He Who Corrupts off of 10 Steps to Success. And we will see you next week. Yeah, this has been the Steve Bright Rock Discovery Show, episode 21. 21. Metal Thrashing Mad. Metal Thrashing Mad. And uh, my name is Jay Krez. I'm the help on the back end. And we're uh, Mild Sauce Radio, man. We're going to be back next week. But for now, here's the new one, or the the old one, from... he who corrupts, she's a fire engine. Yeah, until next week. Cheers. It's kind of hot. Since I started working, um, every single day of my life has been worse than the day before it. So that means that every single day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life.